It's a truth universally acknowledged that life isn't fair. But in the face of a pandemic, with 30 million Americans applying for unemployment in under two months, life can seem extra unfair. Everything you've worked for, dedicated your life to, can be gone in an instant. How are two Bentley friends and a Bentley dad helping people suffering from the COVID fallout make rent, buy groceries, and keep their lives on track? I'm Kristen Livingston for Bentley University, and this is How I'm Making It Through. Fifteen years ago, Michael Connolly, class of 1986, was on a trip with his family. My son Ryan, who was about six or seven at the time, and, and I were in San Francisco, and a homeless person came up to us and said, can you help me? And I wished him a good day, and we went on our way, and I probably brought my son a little closer to me to make sure he was safe and all that. And when we got past the person, my son said, Dad, you always said we should help others, and you walked right past that person. We got home to Boston, and he went into his uh, passbook account, and I went into my checking account, and we both, uh, we sent the check to a San Francisco homeless shelter. About two, maybe two months later, there was an article in the Globe talking about the scarcity of blankets in homeless shelters. And my son started to collect blankets at school, which then evolved into uh, boots and gloves and fundraisers. And before you know it, uh, we're, we're helping to support about 10 homeless shelters in the Boston, greater Boston area. Over the years, Michael kept in touch with his Bentley roommate, Steve Alperin, class of 87. Steve supported the Blanket Fund and went to the annual fundraiser dinners. Here's Steve. One year he made a speech and he said, you know, we don't just provide blankets. Here's an example of, we had a veteran who was getting evicted. He's terminally ill. Blanket Fund paid for this veteran to stay in his apartment and die with dignity, um, you know, without having to go to a shelter. And it struck me that that was sort of like the wake up moment, the light bulb moment for me was Wow, that's really, really neat. The per, you know, the personal story, because that really hit me. You know, just the actual touch there. You're not just cutting a check to, you know, St. Francis House or or what whatever shelter it is. You're 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 tangibly helping somebody. Steve wondered, what else can we do? Um, and that sort of started our conversations about, you know, at some point, let's start something where, you know, which eventually became Bullpen, which is our model, which is to partner with social service organizations and provide crisis resolution to fill gaps within, you know, within their clientele for things that they just don't cover, be it budget or mission. The Boston Bullpen Project was founded in 2017 by Michael and Steve and their friends, Alan Stern, whose son Jeremy just graduated from Bentley, and Ben Levin. Between the four of us, the nice thing about this partnership is we have four different jobs and backgrounds. Uh, ben is a lawyer, Stephen was in finance, Al's a pediatrician, and I'm in finance with, and a banker. So we sort of bring to the table a lot of different networks. And from that, we've probably sat down with seven or eight of the biggest philanthropists in Boston and just sort of picked their brains. And it was amazing to get you know learn from them. But the one thing we didn't take with regards to advice was almost universally they said, pick a certain area to help and focus on that, whether it's veterans or homeless or at-risk youth. 
And we decided not to do that. We, we just want to help whoever is in a crisis at the moment. And uh, we're glad we did that because, you know, if it's a student that got uh, robbed of his laptop and that was the difference between him staying in college or not, we, to replace that laptop, that that's a need. A, a veteran that needs a, a license renewed or a, um, a, a rent payment, uh, uh, someone over at Dana-Farber who needs lodging for their family where they're going for chemo treatments, all those things it falls on the umbrella of people in need, and that's really who we're trying to help. I'd like to say we researched this and knew this going in. We just thought we had a really cool model, and we just didn't realize the tremendous need and, and, the, and the sort of gaps, um, you know, that are that are needed to be filled. And we really did it with our own money, the four of us. Aside from being Bentley roommates, Michael and Steve also played together on the Bentley baseball team, hence the bullpen project name. They're the relief pitchers, ready to step in when the game seems lost. For the most part, we just started. We said, let's let's partner up with 12 organizations. You know, each of us bought three or four to the table from organizations we were familiar with. Um, and that sort of started it. You know, we, we developed that they would come to us with a, with a request. Um, once three out of the four of us approved, um, it was a it was a go, and then we just had to figure out how do we facilitate these, and and we've done a pretty good job of that in, in terms of turning these requests around um, within 24 48 hours, and I think that's one of the big um, differentiating factors with our organization. That you know I think we're one of the we're one of the few that that are doing that that quickly, and we're able to do it because obviously we're small, um, we can, we're pretty nimble, but also the organizations they know what. As you get more and more familiar, they know what we do. They know what we don't do. We were very, um, we don't have a real complicated request process. It's really actually simple. It's sort of four steps. It's what's the issue? Um, you know, what is, give us, number one is give us some background. Number two is what are the specific requests? Number three, and number three is really important. Actually, they're all important. But number three is how does this solve the problem? If someone needs rent for for April, please let us know how May, June, and July, how, how this person is going to be okay going forward. We want to solve the problem. And four, how, what's the best way you think we should facilitate this? And we want to facilitate it directly. Uh, we rarely cut checks for the organization. We never cut checks for the end client. Um, so we do a lot of payments to landlords, utilities, gift cards. So we know we're solving. We're not just writing checks to organizations. We're not acting necessarily as a pass-through. We're really trying to solve the problem. Steve says the average donation runs about $600, and with each gift comes a $25 gift card to a pharmacy or grocery store that they give to the client so that he or she can pay it forward and make a gift to someone else in need. Over the years, they've reached out to family and friends for investment and are now partnered with more than 30 New England nonprofits. Have there been problems that have really resonated with you and you felt really proud to help out with? Yeah, the example I gave about a single mother who had to freeze her college account because she had to pay for a health issue with one of her kids. Um, and we unfroze her account so she can go back to school. You know, it, it sort of exemplifies uh, sort of the people we're helping who are trying to do everything right. And here's an example of a woman doing everything right, working really hard for her kids. And invariably something happens. It just does, life happens, right? 
We've helped uh, Holocaust victims. We've paid for therapy for uh, the stress and uh, trauma they've gone through. And so that, that was very poignant to me. And uh, there was a uh, person who was killed by a drive-by shooter in Roxbury. And we paid for that funeral because the family couldn't bury the uh, deceased. During the hurricane in Puerto Rico, uh, families were coming up to the Boston, greater Boston area, and we were paying for food because what was three, four in a household became 10 and 12 and 13 very quickly. And, and um, I think the, the rape crisis center really hit me when they, you know, from my gender, my perspective, not understanding truly, we, we buy a lot of uh, sheets and blankets and new beds for victims that were attacked in a room they can't go back into or lie in that same bed. And it was, to me, hit me very strongly as a profound, wow, you know, that, that's something that I wouldn't have thought of. And when they pointed it out, it's obvious. And so to be able to help victims get a new bed and all, all, all the necessary items that go with that, that really made me feel good that we could do it. And, uh, was profound to me. How have you seen the request change amid the pandemic? Rent and utilities, rent I said is the third, utilities probably brings it up to about a little under half of what we do. Um, those have sort of subsided a little bit. There's more of a um, switch to sort of real basic needs, food, clothing, um, and food's the biggest by far. Bullpen's on pace to make up to 400 donations in 2020, a big leap from the 15 to 20 they made per month prior to the pandemic. You know, none of us were, you know, had been in, involved in nonprofits. We supported nonprofits, but we, you know, this is kind of on our own. Steve says the utility and rent bubble will eventually pop and need some support, and Bullpen will be there to provide relief. The uh, charity's been a, a, really a godsend for us and uh, four friends looking for a way to give back. And um, this has been an opportunity for us to do that. We're all four of us have been very fortunate to uh, be healthy and uh, have decent jobs and uh, searching for a, a way to give back. And I, I often say it's almost a selfish endeavor in many ways because we're trying to feed an urge within ourselves to say, you know, justify our existence and, and say thank you. And this, this is a forum that allows us to do selfish and selfless acts of maybe improving the lives of others. Produced by me, Kristen Livingston, for Bentley University. To share your story of making it through the pandemic, whether you're changing up your business, have a great face mask pattern, or want to share a message of hope with your fellow Falcons, you can call me at 781-891-2604 or send a note to howimadeit at bentley.edu. Cynthia Lacey, class of 83, wrote in from her retirement in Florida. She says... I just heard today that a family friend has succumbed to complications from coronavirus while living in a nursing home. 
But Cynthia sends her regards to everyone and wishes good luck to all of the students. Mark Curley, undergrad class of 92 and MSF class of 97, writes in to say he's been busy raising his two kids, the oldest of which was sick in February, but he's making it through with a new job that started in the nick of time and prayer. He says, I am able to feed my family, I have a roof over my head for now, and I pray for all who are going through difficult times. Margie Reyna, class of 86, married to Mario Montalvo, class of 85, is a mom of four, including two Falcons, classes of 2012 and 2024. Margie writes in to say that she and the family have been having pool parties, don't worry, just them, ping pong tournaments, cookouts, and movie nights. She's been keeping up with online learning to keep her real estate business going and wishes all of you to be safe and healthy. Robin Silverstein, also class of 86, says she's making it through by reaching out every day to family and friends by just being there to listen, sending positive texts, and including them in her daily thoughts. She wishes all of her fellow Falcons to stay strong, safe, and healthy. And of course, Michael and Steve of the Boston Bullpen Project send their best. To learn more about their great organization, visit bostonbullpenproject.org. And I'd like to send a special congratulations to their co-founder, Alan Stern. As I mentioned, his son, Jeremy, just graduated from Bentley. Jeremy is a triplet. That's three commencement celebrations missed, Harvard, WashU, and Bentley. So let's all close our eyes, remember our graduation day, and give a big cheer to the Stearns in the class of 2020. I'll see you next time.